Welcome to the Live Full Podcast, a weekly conversation to help you pursue word and spirit for everyday life. If God's word is final, what's the purpose of prophecy today? In this episode, you'll learn why the spirit still speaks and why you should listen. What is prophecy? The confusion around this question makes many believers avoid it altogether. But the Bible is clear. You shouldn't fear prophecy. You should earnestly desire it as a way of displaying God's wisdom and love. This summer, we're releasing a group Bible study based on the So Seen series to help you practice prophecy together for the glory of Christ. To sign up to receive the group guide, visit livefull.org guides. Joey, what is the most incredible thing that you've seen while traveling? While traveling? Uh-huh. I haven't traveled that much. Most incredible thing. Is this like a like an experience or is it a thing or really anything? Anything. Yeah, anything you've seen on any trip. Ah, okay. Um, so I did a couple of, I'm, I'm going through the catalog. I haven't traveled that much. Have done a couple of short terms in India. Uh, and... I don't know. I I don't I, like one thing I will say. I saw the Taj Mahal, and I'm just not. I'm not. No offense to anyone who's like really into the Taj Mahal. If you're any Taj Mahal fans out there, no offense <laughs> to you, but I saw this and, and it wasn't that impressive to me. What I get like really into is God made stuff. Mm-hmm. Like God. Like uh, I haven't been in the Grand Canyon since I was ten, mm-hmm. so I don't really remember that. But. Oh. Um, Grand Canyon was, I still, I remember a little, a little bit and that was pretty amazing, but I don't, I'm not that into like, um, I'm not that in, I wasn't that into Taj Mahal. I saw it and I was like, that's cool. And it looked a lot like the pictures. Mm. So I kind of like the stuff where you see a picture of it and it doesn't quite get, get the like, um, the effect. This answer is so boring because <laughs> I, I haven't traveled and I'm also fun fact about me. Like I'm not. I'm not that there's some people who have just this like adventurous spirit and they want to like go see the world. I'm the whatever other non-adventure. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm non-adventurous cause I feel like walk with G like life with Jesus is an adventure in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, but I'm not like the, let me go see the world. I don't, I don't have that, whatever that is. I mean, so the save, travel bug. please save yeah. this boring answer and tell me <laughs> that you've seen something really exciting well, somewhere. When I, when I went, or yeah, when I graduated college, I went out West with, um, a group of friends and we went to this place called the Antelope Canyon and it's a Canyon underground. And so you go and you're underground, but it's like this whole world. I don't even know how to describe it. Cause it's one of those things where it's like, you just have to see it with your eyes, but it's all these. Where is this? It's in, in Utah, okay. near. Well, wait, no, Arizona, um, near the Grand Canyon. It uh, it's a lot of oranges, or the colors are, are oh, okay. orange. I immediately was imagining like Florida oranges bouncing around. No, in it's these caverns, like these small caverns that just weave in and out, and they're so beautiful. And it's a canyon, so yeah, it. It goes along a long ways. I'm really not describing it well, so you really just have to see. Why is it, it called Antelope Canyon? I don't know, but I no. do know how it was discovered, which is kind of a silly story. When we were under there, I was like, "How did like who found this?" Because it's underground, mm. and a shepherd lost one of his sheep, and it had fallen into the canyon, and so they heard the like 
you know, bah or whatever like noise. That was a good, and they, good sheep noise. <laughs> they found it and that's how they discovered this beautiful canyon that like hundreds of thousands of people tour every year i don't know if that's a fact but a lot of people tour it that's cool. i think a couple of takeaways from from that question is i need to get out to the world <laughs> more i need to see more of the world but also i'm just really cons- like okay i have a better answer uh, uh the lord saved me in crooked creek ranch in colorado young life camp but that camp and then windy gap if you've ever been to windy gap camp in north carolina like when I'm in when I'm in the middle of the mountains at night and there's no like lights around and you can see the sky and mm-hmm. see all the stars kind of like probably Abraham did like no we when you look at the sky from most places where you live you can see like probably 5% of the stars mm-hmm. when you're in the mountains and there's no lights around no like light pollution or whatever they would call that and you're just in the middle of the mountains and you can see the millions of stars mm-hmm. like I was I was always saved while looking up mm-hmm. at the sky in a scene like that. So for, I don't know if it'll get better than that for me. That's I love being that's the, a good, yeah, that's a good answer. better answer. Yeah. Go yeah. back and edit and just <laughs> put me saying that before. Cause Why that was a better answer. I like the first answer was I bashed Taj Mahal. <laughs> and so I prefer the mountain nature. Answer, yes, the encouraging the answer. Mm, that's okay. Yeah. I love it. Um, well in this series, we're continuing. So seen, um, where we're talking about God's specific sight in prophecy and how we can experience his specific love. And, uh, we've been talking about God's heart. We talked about last episode, how prophesying begins with seeing people the way that, that Jesus does and, and what our motivation behind prophecy should be of, I want to see my brothers and sisters with eyes full of love. And now we want to, on this episode, dive more, more deep into the practicals of prophecy. What is prophecy for and what does it do? Yeah. So this is really important to establish. What are we talking about when we're talking about prophecy, Mm -hmm. when we're pursuing this life of being seen by God and through the Holy Spirit, seeing others. And this is the way that we can define prophecy. Prophecy is speaking words from God's spirit to God's mm-hmm. people under the testing of God's word. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that again. Prophecy is speaking words from God's spirit to God's people under the testing of God's mm-hmm. word. We see this uh, in a couple places, especially described this new covenant prophecy in First Thessalonians 5 and in First uh, Corinthians fourteen, mm-hmm. First Thessalonians five. You have a c- classic coffee mug verse that is a coffee mug verse for a reason. It's amazing. Rejoice in the Lord always. Mm-hmm. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks <clears throat> in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for mm-hmm. you in Christ Jesus. Typically, the verse ends there, and there's really no reason why it should end there because mm-hmm. what Paul says right after that is just as much the will of God for you in Christ Jesus as is rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstance. He goes on to say, do not quench the spirit. Do mm-hmm. not put out the fire of the spirit in your life. And how would you quench the spirit? Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. We see the same uh approach or um, kind of concept of testing prophecy in first John four, where the apostle John is talking about testing the spirits to see whether they are from God. Mm-hmm. So this is the key. When, when you see uh, the ministry of prophecy carried out in the early church through Agabus, for example, in the book of Acts through Philip's daughters. Um, and you see the apostle Paul talking about this through the epistles. 
The gift of prophecy in the New Testament is never meant to add doctrine to what has already been established through the apostles' teaching. <clears throat> apostles' teaching referenced in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, which was the apostles entrusted with the authority of Christ to teach the Old Testament scriptures, the law, the prophets, the writings, mm -hmm. and then through the power of the Holy Spirit, present that teaching under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit for new covenant teaching in the church, which is our New Testament books, mm -hmm. the gospels and the epistles and revelation. So you have within and, and the book of Acts. So the apostles teaching is what we have in God's final authority, mm -hmm. authoritative word on life and doctrine and salvation in Christ Jesus is the new old Testament and new Testament doctrine. And that was entrusted to the apostles, to the 12 when, uh, when Jesus ascended to the father. So what then is the ongoing purpose of prophecy? If God's final word on doctrine and salvation has already been established, mm -hmm. Prophecy in the New Testament is not meant to provide doctrine. Mm -hmm. It's not meant to provide doctrine. So if there's any kind of prophetic word that comes today for the church that says, you know what, Jesus said this in the Gospels, or Paul said this, or John said this, or Peter said this, but actually this or this or this or this, or hey, I even even it can come in more subtle ways like, hey, I, I had this dream uh, of Jesus and he was telling me, you know, this is what my apostle wrote, but actually what I meant was this, and I'm giving you this new teaching. That is immediately false prophecy. Mm -hmm. That's immediately false prophecy. And John, by the way, speaks about this. Mm -hmm. He says, this is how we know that anyone is from God. If they agree with us, John talking about himself and the apostles and their apostles teaching, if they agree with us, meaning if they submit to the word of God, they are from God. But if they do not agree mm -hmm. with us, they are not from God. John talks about mm -hmm. this. So New Testament prophecy is not meant to add doctrine. Beware of any kind of so-called prophecy that tries to adjust what God has said in his final word. Mm -hmm. What prophecy does for us today is does three things. It directs, it discerns, mm -hmm. and it displays. It directs God's people. It, it provides discernment supernatural discernment mm -hmm. from God's, for God's people, and it displays the love of God. All three of these, by the way, it is a word that requires God's supernatural revelation. Yeah. So for example, for me to say, we're going to get into this more, we can get into this more practically, but for me to say to you, Cassidy, you are a really uh, encouraging sister in Christ. You, uh, you have definitely like evidence that we see in the fruit of your life of the gift of teaching and of prophecy. Those things are true. And that is an encouragement. Or if I were to read out to her, you know, I, I would just want to encourage you that um, God wants to show you his love, which you can't even imagine the breadth and length and height and depth, the fullness of Christ's love for you. And I, and I pray you'd be rooted and grounded in that. That is an encouragement that's rooted in Ephesians, but it's not a prophecy because both of those things could be uh, given through just my observation or through the scriptures that are already given. And those things aren't bad, but they're not prophecy. Prophecy requires supernatural revelation from mm -hmm. God. And, and um, we're going to get into more and more mm -hmm. examples of what this looks like. It's time for this week's Word and Spirit Testimony, a story of how God is moving through Word and Spirit in your everyday life. Hi, I'm Hannah Waddell, and this is my Word and Spirit testimony. We had had three healthy pregnancies pretty quickly, and we were pregnant with our fourth precious child, when at seven weeks, we traumatically lost the pregnancy. and. 
Um, during this time, I began to experience a lot of spiritual doubt and questions that as a lifelong believer, as long as I could have known I've loved Jesus, um, I had never experienced before. And so this was, uh, it was very disturbing for me. The doubt that I had that he really knew this young life within my womb, I'll never forget the way he specifically answered that so powerfully one morning when I turned right to Isaiah 44, verse 2, and it says, Thus says the Lord who made you, who formed you from the womb and will help you. And I put in the margin of my Bible a note that I had written years before. He repeats over and over again that he formed them from the womb dashing any doubt that each life is not known by him, planned by him, and held by him. And I'll never forget that moment of him speaking so directly to my pain and comforting me in the deepest way. It was like he rushed right onto the ground of my grief with the Holy Spirit and it became holy ground. And so I was able to say through this period of my life that anything that brings me more intimacy with the Father and brings me closer to the feet of Jesus is a blessing. Do you have a word in spirit testimony? Whether it's an encouragement from the word, a story of the spirit's power, or a way that God has used a live full resource in your life, we'd love to hear from you. Share your story with us by visiting livefull.org story. Now back to the episode. We want to talk a little bit about what prophecy is for um how it is for the the strengthening of the saints the upbuilding of of the saints we see this in first corinthians 14 4 the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself but the one who prophesies builds up the church the one who prophesies this is what it's for it's for the building up of the bride um to be strengthened, to see Christ, to experience Christ, to experience his love. Jesus is the the radiance of, of God, the exact imprint of his nature. Like prophecy plays a, a part in us experiencing the love of Christ, seeing Christ, and we're strengthened by that. I don't I, I anytime I experience seeing Christ's specific love for me, I am I'm built up into Jesus, who is the head of, of the church. And I love that Paul says here, like this you build up the the whole church. The whole church is is strengthened through um, this gift because this gift is for the different members of the body of the church. The specific needs that that people have that prophecy can speak into um, and and strengthen brothers and sisters. And this also ties to Ephesians. 416 which says when each part is working properly um this makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love the body's built up and strengthened by love and prophecy is a way for us to uh love our brothers and sisters um show the specific sight of of god and so we just see this is god's design for how his how his church how his bride is to grow up into him yeah what we see in uh second timothy chapter three is that all scripture and scripture being the old testaments and new testaments breathed out by god is profitable Mm -hmm. it's profitable for teaching for proof for correction for training and righteousness that the man of god may be complete equipped for every good work. Mm -hmm. So what we have in the scriptures is all we need for life and for Mm -hmm. godliness. We need to be clear that the scriptures, the word of God is the manna. Mm -hmm. It's the manna that we eat. 
And it's the manna that we cannot do without. Mm -hmm. When we wake up in the morning, we talked about this in the spiritual choreography series, an essential rhythm of spiritual choreography, of moving with the spirit through the moments of the day is reading the word and ingesting mm -hmm. the truth. We need to feed on God's word in order mm -hmm. to survive. And both, uh, Cassidy, I know you would say this, and I'd say this about my walk with Jesus. What has fed us in the wilderness, like Israel, through the wilderness has been the manna from mm -hmm. heaven, the word of God daily. Mm -hmm. So Cassidy and I are, are waking up in the morning and going, okay, I don't know. We're starting from scratch. I don't know anything about you, God. Uh, could you give me prophetic insight mm -hmm. that can feed me for today? Mm -hmm. No, through the scriptures and the illumination of the scriptures and teaching of the scriptures by the power of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. we are fed with all that we need for the day. Mm -hmm. What we have in prophecy, though, is the God's uh, God's heart displayed to go out of his way. We talked about this and in, in, to almost give this cherry on top gift mm -hmm. to his people, displaying his ongoing and personal direction mm -hmm. and discernment and um, direction, discernment and uh, the Dis display of his mm -hmm. heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and his heart and his love for his mm -hmm. people. And, and so you can hear that and say, well, do, do we actually really need that? If God's word is manna and it's all that we need. Do we actually need prophecy? And the answer is yes for two reasons. Mm -hmm. Number one is the word of God, the manna tells us to earnestly desire prophecy. Mm -hmm. So if we're actually feeding on the manna, the word of God, mm -hmm. it is the word of God that tells us do not yeah. despise prophecies. Mm -hmm. It's the word of God that tells us to earnestly desire to prophesy. Mm -hmm. It's the word of God that promises that in the, these last days, all God's son, sons and daughters mm -hmm. will prophesy. Mm -hmm. So because we believe that the word of God is manna, part of feeding on that manna is obeying the manna. Yeah. And part of obeying the manna is desiring mm -hmm. prophecy. But there's another reason why we need it. Because what First Thessalonians 5 tells us is that if we despise prophecies, if we say this, this is enough. And by the way, if you're going to say that this is enough, meaning you don't need prophecy, you have to say this is enough except the part where it tells me to earnestly mm -hmm. desire prophecy. Mm -hmm. If you really believe that this is sufficient and enough, you'll obey what it says. Yeah. But if you despise prophecy, what it does it downplays God's specific sight and love mm -hmm. and it quenches the spirit for Thessalonians five from giving us all that he wants to give mm -hmm. us. So we can walk through all three of these. For yeah. example, when we don't believe in prophecy, we, we come to matters of decision mm -hmm. and direction and uh, okay, should I move here? Should, should this person go here or there? And what we have to conclude is the Holy Spirit, he really doesn't have anything to say about that. Mm. That's quenching the spirit. Mm -hmm. Whereas you look at uh, Acts chapter 11, for example, and Agabus receives this direction that a famine is coming and he provides through prophecy, mm -hmm. he provides directional insight for the church to begin preparing for mm -hmm. it and to share what if we what if we stopped quenching the spirit and believe that God gives ongoing direction, mm -hmm. it would spread the fires of the Holy Spirit into mm -hmm. the way we make decisions. Mm -hmm. Another way of seeing this is discernment. If we, if we don't believe in prophecy, we believe all we can know is what we can see with our eyes. All we can discern is what we can discern on the physical realm. But when you start to believe in prophecy, you see that, no, God, through the Holy Spirit, can give you discernment into what he can see. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when that happens, our eyes are open. We stop quenching the Spirit, and the fires of the Holy Spirit are brought into discernment. Mm -hmm. And we're able to practice what Peter practices in Acts chapter 5. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. If Peter doesn't have the gift of prophecy and empowerment of prophecy in Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira get away, get away with it. Mm, mm -hmm. They sell, yeah. they sell their land. They give 
only a part of it and they say, hey, we gave our whole liquidation of this land and they get away with it. The only way Ananias and Sapphira were caught is through the gift of prophecy. Mm. But what happens when the prophetic is brought in, into discernment? The whole church is brought into fear and trembling. In 1 mm. Corinthians 14, even an outsider walks in, his secrets mm. of his heart are disclosed before all and he falls down and, mm. and, and says that God is among you. And finally, mm. we start quenching the spirit. We believe, I just know I just know God's love because he demonstrated it on the cross. Mm, mm -hmm. And what we're saying is hallelujah. Yes, Jesus demonstrated the love of God on the cross, but he demonstrated love on his love on the cross so that he could continue to demonstrate his love day in, day out through specifically showing us his mm -hmm. love. This, this is why we need prophecy because the word of God tells us that we need it. And because if we cut it off, we cut off the fire of the Holy Spirit from spreading mm. in our life. And we can invite brothers and sisters into loving us through prophecy by like when we see that prophecy in, in direction, discernment, how God displays his love for us, we it changes the way we pray. If we can invite brothers and sisters into a decision that we're making and say, can you pray about this and lean your ear into the Lord and hear anything God has to say? Or um, will you pray and ask God for discernment over this? Or um, just, I, I think I've seen this even in uh, a brother, um, a brother and a sister, they were trying to decide, make a decision on where they were going to move overseas and they invited a group of brothers and sisters to pray for them and they specifically said hey if, if God gives anyone a, a prophetic word about where we should go will you share it with us just their openness which is them letting themselves be loved by God That's and good. by brothers and sisters leaning in their ear and God kindly illuminated uh, a place, um, a location where I was like, I feel like the Lord is leading them to this specific country in this instance. And the same day that I called to share them, um, share with them this, they, it was, it was that morning that they really felt like the Lord was telling them, I want you to go here. I want you to go to this country. And the Lord used just not only his him speaking uh, to them, illuminating this to them, but also like me and other brothers and sisters to say, yes, this is what God, this is what God is saying. And God just provided so much direction. And so even in getting into, you may hear this and think, well, how do I like, how do I experience this in my life? Or how do I practice this or invite brothers and sisters in? Um, maybe it means before telling a brother and sister, a decision you're trying to make, praying and asking that God would first speak to them about it. That's really good. And that goes also with discernment and display. Mm -hmm. So that's on the directional side, but also in, in, uh, the, the functions of prophecy, providing discernment over mm -hmm. the spiritual realm mm -hmm. um, and over different situations and also the display of God's heart. Like, ask God, mm -hmm. God, would you display your love for me? That's what um, Acts chapter 18 is like an example of this where Paul uh, Paul is in, in a really difficult situation, mm -hmm. I believe, in Corinth. And the Lord appears to him and says, Paul, I'm with you. Like, mm -hmm. do not... Do not uh, stop speaking. Keep on speaking because I have many in this city who are called by my name. Mm -hmm. And he provides this. It, that, that wasn't like that was just God displaying his real time heart and assurance and love mm -hmm. for him. I remember, I, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, but I remember um, my, probably the first, well, it was actually the second experience of prophecy that I had, but one that's remained with me is 
it was after a really difficult ministry experience I had. And looking back, it was an ushering into, uh, it was an ushering into like a six year, seven year wilderness. Mm -hmm. It was at the very beginning of it. And this, uh, I, I, you know, was walking out into parking lot and this brother followed me and he, he, uh, he just said, Hey, you know, the Lord put this, uh, put this word on my heart for you. And he went on to tell me like, essentially he, the Lord saw what, like the previous night and the difficulty of that ministry experience. But then he began to speak about the season that was to come, that God was going to essentially strip a lot away from me. I think I've shared this on the podcast. All that to say, that prophetic moment, it wasn't the manna that fed me in the wilderness that was to come. The manna that fed me was the word of God. But what it did was it was this pillar moment that I was able to hold back on, which again, brothers and sisters, there's no competition. Paul mm -hmm. says this exact same mm -hmm. thing to Timothy. He says, by the prophecies that were previously made about you, wage the good warfare. Mm. By the prophecies mm -hmm. that were previously made about you. And he also tells them, tells Timothy, hold fast to all the scriptures mm -hmm. because they're profitable for life and godliness. There's no competition. He says, hold yeah. fast to the scriptures. And also, hey, remember that moment when I and all the elders were around you and we laid hands on you and through prophecy, and you received the gift of God. He says, fan that into flame. And then he says, By the, remember that prophecy and then wage the good warfare. Mm -hmm. And this is where we're going to get into this when we talk about receiving prophecy. But this, when you have a good and proven prophecy, mm -hmm. you don't hold that loosely. Mm -hmm. You don't say, ah, I don't know if I can really be sure. First Thessalonians 5 says, hold fast to it. Mm -hmm. I held fast to that prophecy, not as my manna, but as this pillar moment of remembrance of God's specific love for mm -hmm. me. And if you are a son and daughter, God wants that for you and he wants to use mm -hmm. you to display that to others. Mm. God is, yeah, he's still just showing us his, his specific love for us and giving us direction and discernment and displaying his love uh, to us through prophecy. And so maybe, maybe you're listening to this and you really... Um, you really have a big decision to make or you're really seeking discernment over something you're experiencing right now like and you're asking yourself like is this the enemy's attack am I in sin is is this just the the world suffering or you're really you're sitting in a place where you're like I I just want to experience the love of God right now I just want God to display his love for me in a way that um, just refreshes me if you're in any of those places I just want to encourage you ask the Holy Spirit right now that he would speak prophetically to you because God is so generous he loves speaking to his children and if you've never asked him uh, for prophecy before he says to all earnestly desire it, earnestly desire it. He doesn't say, uh, be, be kind of open to it. Maybe ask, no, earnestly desire, earnestly desire, come before him as a needy child and say, God, I, I want this. I want this. I desire this, um, and see how God shows up. Uh, that's all that we have for this episode next week. We'll be diving into so seen experiences where um, we want to talk about um, how do you actually receive uh, prophecy from God? What does that look like? Who who can prophesy? Um, and as you keep learning about prophecy with us, remember you are so seen and so loved. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Live Full podcast. All of our episodes are now available on YouTube at livefull.org/youtube. If you're watching this, hit subscribe and you'll get notified about new Word and Spirit teachings. One of the best ways you can follow the Spirit is by practicing your spiritual gift. And we wrote a book to help you do just that. 
And if you'd like to learn how to know your gift and how to practice it, you can get a copy of the book, Use Your Gift, at livefull.org book.